first question, um, just to kind of help everybody that's listening get, you know, a feel of where you're coming from, who is Kyle Rice right now? Oh, man. Wow, what a great question. Woo, man, you're starting with the fire already. <laughs> so, so who is Kyle Rice right now? Well, you know, I've, I've come from a history of, or a past, I should say, of feeling like, you know, I'm I wasn't good enough. I wasn't good enough to to be successful, you know, because I wasn't smart enough. I didn't have whatever it took. But, uh, you know, I I came from a past of feeling like everybody deserved to have more than me because they were were in a position where they were smart enough or they had the connections or whatever it was. I just didn't. And so now who am I? Well, I'm, I'm an influencer. I'm a person who is in a, in a position of my life where I can help people to achieve their dreams and goals. And I'm sure we'll get into that more specifically here in a bit. But, um, you know, to be, to be honest with you, like I said, you know, my name is Kyle Rice. You know, I, I'm a physical therapist. I'm, I'm a husband. I am a father to a beautiful, beautiful dog. Hey. Australian Kelpie, let's get it. Hey. Uh, uh, but more so like... You said an Australian uh, Kelpie? Yeah, Australian Kelpie, what, yeah. What is that? Yeah. Well, it's a, it's like an Australian uh, a cattle dog. Okay. Okay. All right, okay. Okay, cool. And, 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 and then she, she's, uh, she has a big personality, gushy hey. old boy. She does. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm an influencer in the physical therapy uh, world uh, because what I do is I help physical therapists to pass their MPTE, which is their licensure exam, in order to help them get into their dream job and move on with their life, helping people to, to get back to their everyday lives. So that's what I do. That's really, you know, what I live for right mm-hmm. now is that yeah. helping people. Hey, that's fire. That's fire. So... Question number two, kind of take us through um, your childhood. I think it's so important um, to always take into consideration because a lot of people, you know, you meet them and they're doing well and they're being amazing. And you hear that that second half of the story, uh, they're succeeding here. They are doing this. They've done that. And, you know, one of my first questions always is, okay, but tell me about the parts that sucked. Tell me about who you were before it even sucked. I need to know, you know, kind of what led to the decisions you had to make to become a winner. So for you, let's just start in your young childhood, you know, seventh, eighth grade. What was life like for you? Where did you grow up? What did you do? What were your hobbies? What were you into? Uh, you know what? So, I, you know, I came from an amazing family, a family that provided for me every single day would go to tooth and nail just to make sure I had everything. And I never longed for anything as a child. Um, you know, my my mother was a very hardworking administrator, um, and and you know now she's administrator of uh, HCR Manor Care, a big healthcare company in the United States. And um, you know she she provided as well as my father. You know, day in and day out. You know, providing from his psychiatric background of helping patients. And mm-hmm. so we, we as kids never really, you know, needed anything. We yeah. had everything that was there. Okay. All right. Um, but the one thing that I will say is that, you know, coming up through my young adulthood, 
um, or any even my childhood, I should say, is that, you know, everything was just kind of like, all right, I know this path, you know, I'm supposed to get through high school, I'm supposed to get through college, I guess I'll figure it out along the way, you know, type thing, yeah. I'll get there one, one day, one day, you know, type, yeah, yeah, one day, it'll all work out for me, right. because I've had everything pretty much that I needed in life, Yeah, you know, um, I don't know where money comes from, I just know it ends up in my ends pocket, in so pockets. I can spend it, baby. Yeah, it just falls in the tree and into your hands. Yes, yes, and, uh, so you know that's that's more or less the the background that I had was sheltered in a way, okay. privileged, okay. blessed, mm-hmm. and and I and I hate to put it in a negative perspective. Listen, um, the people that have money and they're they're raised in an environment that has money and they're cared for and all that great stuff. Listen, yeah. that's not a privilege. That's a blessing, baby. Mm. That's a blessing. Mm. You were blessed to have that. All right. Um, and so I said I was blessed, you know, and, um, you know, the, the one thing that I got to see growing up through, um, you know, my childhood was the fact that, you know, I got to see that my parents, though, regardless of their situation, worked hard, mm. worked hard for everything. If we wanted something, you talk about PlayStation, I don't care, PlayStation, Xbox, I don't know if you wanted the White House as a kid. My parents were gonna work their ass off to get it. Yeah, use my language. You All did. right. So I, I, you know, I know that it's like, oh yeah, you, you were blessed, you were privileged. Listen, listen. I had parents that would break their back to make sure I had it. Mm. <clears throat> so, um, you know, that that's really the the childhood that I came up in. Like I said, I was very blessed, uh, religious. Um, came up in a, in a Baptist household. Um, he came up with with very good values as far as hard work ethic and making sure that the product that you put out mm. is the best that it could possibly be. And it, it you know never get to the point where failure is defining who you are, but define failure. You know, so that that's what it is. I like that. Failure does not define who you are. You define failure. <clears throat> And uh, I also think it's important, you know, in that same aspect to definitely learn to profit from the failure that you end up defining. Um, so here's, here, here, here's another question. So you grew up, you know, you're blessed. You know, everything you ever need could almost be provided, but at the same time, you have the solid example of people who are out there, you know, basically, like you said, working their ass off. They're out there just getting it day and night, you know, making sure that they lead by that example so that you could have everything you need. So how did this affect your work ethic in school and out of school as a kid? Yeah, I would say that, you know, overall, um, you know, coming up through high school, I can't say that I was, you know, all about school necessarily because I didn't understand it. Okay. What do you mean by that? I didn't understand the value. Okay. All right. I didn't understand... Like why you had to learn algebra. I didn't understand why you had to learn these sciences, earth space science. What the heck is that? Like, how am I going to use that? Right. You know? Um, and so I was more worried about sports and women mm. and, and, you know, playing video games. And, uh, again, can I say it again? You know, video games. And I have to say, say what it is. What, what were you playing on those sticks? What, <laughs> what did you have going on back then? <laughs> 
Oh, I know about Counter Strike. Oh, you are. Oh, you know I know that. about Counter Strike. Right, right. So, yeah. so, all right. I'll, okay. Cool. I'll have, to, I'll have to preach. But um, anyway, to, you know, just to sum that up, to be honest with yeah. you, I wasn't focused in high school mm-hmm. at all. Okay. I was a 2.8 GPA mm. student. You know. Ooh. Yeah, it was kind of like I wanted to make people happy as yeah. far as like doing well. But yeah. Yeah. What would you say was your passion back then? I would say passion was for Counter-Strike, baby. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> to be honest with you, passion was for video games, Okay. Man. So, you know, that kind of, that definitely gives a, a very solid picture of who you were to that point. Um, yeah. So now, you graduate high school. And uh, you decide, hey, it's time to go to college. It's time to get this degree. Where'd you go? How'd you make that decision? Cool, cool. Before then, before then, I had a struggle. Okay. Huge struggle. Huge struggle. Because, uh, oh, you, <laughs> we left this part out. Oh. This big one. So, um, you know, when it came down to my junior and senior year in, in high school, yeah. you have to take the ACTs and SATs. I don't know where you're from. But oh, yeah, that, we have to take yeah, the ACTs what, up here. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what I had to take. And so, um, yeah, I failed those puppies bad. Ooh. And I guess I should have been paying attention more in school. I don't know. But I didn't do well at all. I mean, when I got the results back, there was this, like, um, this little chart that shows you kind of, like, where you fit. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And my, and my bracket was below that 25%. Oh, oh my. Oh, Lord. Okay. So they were, they were telling me I was in the bottom, like, 10% of students taking the exam. In the country. Oh, wow. I think that's important wow. to mention wow. that right now. Wow. They were saying you're in the bottom, what, 25% of students in the country. Country. Oh, we're going to talk about how you achieved that later on. And mm. that's so important yeah, so. to take notice of. Okay, so, whoo, how did we leave that wow. before? Wow. That's amazing. Okay. Yeah. All right, that, yeah. definitely. Okay, that's crazy. That's crazy. So, so. you do this, and, um, you know, for better lack of words, you sucked at yeah. taking yeah. that exam. Preach it. Preach it. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, that, what then? That was, that was the ACTs twice. Yeah. That was the SATs twice. I thought I was going to do better on the ACTs. Mm-hmm. Sorry, twice. Um, it got so bad because my parents were obviously like, oh, we need those scores because yeah, yeah, that's yeah. going to help you to get into college, right? right? And your GPA is not that good. Mm. So we got to make sure that the, the scores are good. Mm-hmm. So it got so bad that it was, back then they used to send it to you in the, in the mail. I literally would race home after school so I can get the results <laughs> to tear to tear them up so my parents didn't see. That's how bad oh, they were. Oh, that sounds like the first round of my ACT scores. Oh, <laughs> no, I feel that one. I know that. I know that. Oh, man. man. They, they were bad. They were okay. bad. And so the ACTs were no better. I was still scoring, you yeah. know, in that bracket of yeah. students. Uh, but, uh, so F I um, F I U Fam U. We'll talk about F I U later. Okay. Uh, Fam U, Florida uh, Agricultural Mechanical University, Tallahassee, Florida, um, took me in. Historical right. Black College University took me in 
um, despite the fact that I had lower exam scores, uh-huh. despite the fact that um, you know I wasn't doing well in, in, in school. Yeah. Because, all right, took a chance on me. Okay. And so that has that brought me into my next part of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, Man, I got an you. Yeah. What was that Ooh, like? What, what was oh, good? Yeah. What was good with FAMU? I, I've been to, I've, I've been instructed to ask you. Uh, were you in a any sort of a brotherhood at FAMU? <laughs> so let me tell you this. Um, I got I got to FAMU and automatically it felt like home. It really okay. Did. It really did. The first okay. time I ever felt that. Yeah. All right. Um, so I'll say that first. Second of all, I did want to pledge. Uh, you know, when I very first got there, my yeah. first year and so forth. However, the the people, mm. the clan, mm-hmm. the group, the brotherhood that I want to be a part of had got kicked off yard because they was doing stuff they ain't got no business. Doing. So right. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't pledge. All right. um, yeah. Okay. All right. I mean that happens, yo. All right. So you get to fam you. My goodness. Yeah. How do you make this transition? From high school. Now, how far away was FAMU from where your childhood home was? Yeah, so a little outside of uh, Orlando. Okay. Uh, we'll call it Winter Springs is where I grew up. This is about four and a half, four or four and a half hours. Okay. okay. All right, so it's, it's a, little, a little of a distance. Not too far, yeah, but not too not close. Too, not too far, yeah. Okay. What was that transition like for you? It was awful. It, it, <laughs> leaving the parents... Um, that was that was ooh, that was a tough experience, my friend. Mm. Um, lo- uh, leaving everything that was just so comfortable. Right. Now, now that I look back on it, mm-hmm. um, that was a tough period. Mm. And you know, my parents came from a no failure type attitude, where it's like, remember, you define failure, you don't let it define you. So they were like, listen, you can come home if you want to, but this is going to be tough regardless. Uh, I don't care. I don't care where you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I I mustered it up and I watched white chicks every single night. I know that video. I know that movie better than anybody <laughs> on this planet Earth. All right. I watched that every single night, about two, three times a night, for the first month, and then I got over it. And then I, in in the sense, what, you said join what, a brotherhood. What I, does that I, mean? You got over it. You know, I got over that. That fear uh-huh. of not being accepted okay that's what it was i was feared i was being fearful of being judged that i wasn't going to fit in or belong and as soon as i was able to meet my roommate my roommate introduced he was in the band so he introduced me to people in the band and then got introduced to my best friend um you know and uh, in college and after that you know things started to break down but you know one of the big things and mm. I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave it on this stage i haven't spoken about this on any podcast um in my first year the one thing that i think separated this whole fear and not belonging was me getting into the boys of poison and that was a dance the dance group you were a dancer yeah i didn't even know about this so <clears throat> i mean why did you choose to join the boys of poison um i'm asking this just because i know for everybody you know hearing this uh definitely one of those important parts of that transition into college is finding your crew finding your 
you know, where you do belong. Um, if people don't find that, you, you'll find yourself in that space of just being lost. Like, most people go to these schools and um, the school size is, what, thirty to 40,000? You know, 20, 30, 40, 50 maybe. That's a lot of students. Right. That's a lot of people. And if you pull up there and you don't know anyone, I don't know if you knew anyone at FAMU. But if you if you come there, so it's you and the world, and you right. don't know anyone, and you don't have people you can relate with, because the struggle's gonna come. Of course, right? Like your parents said, it's gonna suck here, it's gonna suck there. The point is, it's gonna happen. You just gotta suck it up and do it. So the struggle is gonna come. So how did you decide to make that decision to join the Boys of Poison? You know, it was really. Um, it, 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 I want to say that it was really my roommate at the time. Okay. Who had who had really held my hand in a sense and got me to be like, you know, let's do this together, mm-hmm. sort of. Speak. So to be honest with you, really looking at the situation, it only took one relationship for me to open up to a thousand Boom. relationships. Boom. To be honest with you. Mm-hmm. All right. So I would say that that was the turning. All I had to do was really get involved with one person, and that opened me up to a thousand. That is amazing. That's amazing. Um, so you know, with uh, Shanna here, mm-hmm. we were just on the phone. What? Uh, was it last week? Last week. So you know, I like to inspire just a little bit, and we're on the phone. And I was actually talking to her about a power call I had with GT. Um, for those who don't know GT, it's Greg Todd, uh, the master and the legend of physical therapy. And he was talking to me about picking just one thing that can open up the floodgates of possibilities. So I think, you know, it's it's definitely to have that correlation between what he said, what I said to her. Because her one thing has just been, uh, if I remember correctly, getting out there and just like hitting this coffee store and just reading and just taking that every single day. This is what she's going to do no matter what time that's going to be accomplished. Obviously, you get that habitual repetition then you're going to become a machine and once you become a machine success is right there I love the fact that you said that you found that all it took was that one relationship to open up to the thousands you know from then to now like sometimes I even feel like for example we would not have met maybe had you not taken that step agreed agreed so your roommate's holding your hand and you decide to just do this thing what about this dance what about dance drew you did you dance as a kid or was this just like something you wanted to try and you'd never expressed yourself in such a way before yes <laughs> oh, man. i love you paul you're, you're <laughs> so I, I was never a good dancer as a mm-hmm. kid and now that you bring that up, you know, I, I don't really know how I, he got me to do that yeah. at the time. Um, but, you know, I think it was more of that camaraderie, that brotherhood. Right. Um, that it was like, no, you are the one that I'm trusting right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I put my trust in you and whatever mm-hmm. you do, yeah, I'm going to follow you. So in a sense, he was my role model at the okay. time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, of, of course, I looked at him from, like, an ethical and moral perspective, and mm-hmm. he was a good guy and all yeah. that stuff. Um, but I felt like he couldn't lead me wrong. So it was like, hey, if you're going to jump into the fire, I'm going to do it, too. All right. uh, and so, and he also told me that he wasn't a dancer either. 
So we just right. went out there to give it a shot. Okay. So, I, I, I really want to hit about this dance thing because I'm fat. I am locked in right now on this for a second. <laughs> what was that like? I mean, so you're not a good dancer as a kid. Right. Uh, and I'm assuming you hadn't developed the skills through your right. formative years and into your teenage right. years. So you, you pull up. You pull up to this, what I'm assuming is a semi-professional dance crew. Do you, uh-huh. do you try out? Do you just walk on? Do you competitions? What was it like? Uh, so the, the process was that you had to practice with them for a period of time. Okay. And, you know, learn entire routines, a couple, mm-hmm. three, maybe two or three of them. Yeah. And then um, you had to perform in front of the school as your audition. Oh. That, that was the process. Oh. And so... Um, you know, that was pretty, pretty nerve wracking oh uh, experience. Like I said, that was the first time mm-hmm. I had ever jumped to that level right. of, of, Ooh, uh, okay. you, you know, a, situ- a situation where you could be shamed right. for the rest of your college career. Literally. <laughs> Everybody be like, that's that guy who tried to join the boys. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Literally, literally could be in that situation. So, I mean, now looking back on it, it was crazy that it all started with just that one relationship that took me all through that. Even the one thing that I feared the most in life, right. which was which, which was shame and judgment, mm-hmm. not mm. accepting. Mm. Mm. So, man, uh, we're gonna come back to that. Uh, I've been reading a book, so I want to talk about something I read in there in a little bit. Um, but first. Let's talk about that in transition because everybody, everybody needs to hear this story. Remember, he scored in that bottom 25% of uh, the, the scores in high school. All right, so this transition is crazy. This transition is insane. So you decide it's time for me to finish my undergrad. When did you know you wanted to be a PT? So really, PT was something that I had always thought about. It was like the kind of like the fallback thing. Okay. Because I had I had seen PT since I was young. My aunt, my uncle were PTs. Uh-huh. Um, my sister, who was young, yeah, had a had a, a lung condition. She also got uh, physical therapy as well. So I had just seen it. So it was just easy mm-hmm. to go into that. Right. So that's how I got into to PT or wanting to go down that route. What was that transition into grad school? Not so, so really, in my last year was when I decided, oh, I don't want to become a, a physical therapist. I actually want to become a orthopedic surgeon. Oh. I got an opportunity mm. to, to shadow yeah. an orthopedic surgeon. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, this is it. This is what I've been waiting for. This is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And so I changed my track my last year, my senior year. In, uh, in your undergrad. In undergrad, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure did. Tell us what uh, happened next. The people need to know what happened next. Yeah, so um, you remember those SATs and ACTs, right? Oh, I remember them. All right. So your boy, your well, actually, my mom had a amazing conversation with me, come to Jesus type uh, you know, conversation, and she was like, "Listen, if you don't get everything together um, and, and do well, we ain't paying for none of this." All Pressure's right. On. So, yeah. 
So listen, if you're gonna play around, you can come on back. We'll go ahead and we'll we'll watch over you and stuff. But you ain't gonna be spending all that money up there. Right, so, right. All right. So um, I got my button gear, and in in undergrad, I actually graduated summa cum laude. Ooh. Um, you know, I I got my grades are, uh, turned around. I graduated with a seven point three five. A what now? A seven point three five. Turned it around. Complete. Wait, hold up. That's possible. Oh, seven point. What did I say? Seven point three five. Yeah. I mean, seven point uh, three point seven five. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. I mean, no. The re- the reason I the reason I asked is because like I know even when I graduated uh, high schools particularly, there were kids that were graduating with like six point ohs. I had to make. Hey, wait, 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 Paul. But but I had to make sure that you were listening. All right. Oh, so, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm, li- I'm listening. <laughs> so, no, no. Um. Uh. So. So in, um, uh, you know, undergrad, mm-hmm. you know, obviously it depends on the different school that you go to, what you get as far as like summa cum laude, some of them is, is magna cum laude and yeah. so forth. At our school, um, the way that it works is, or at least when I was born, yeah. um, if you got over a 3.7 mm-hmm. to a 4.0, that was considered like summa cum laude, all right? So it was a 3.75 that I got. Thank you. I, I'm glad that you were listening because you were like, what? There was 7.0. <laughs> I was like, hey, man. Things out of it. Because you're that nowadays, amazing. Nowadays, you can get a 10.0. You can get a 10.0 10. you know. these days and people won't blink. Um, yeah, 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 for sure. So, but yeah, yeah, you finish, you know, summa cum laude, you know, fam, you. And yeah. uh, you decide grad school is for you. And you wanna you switch uh, your last year to you wanna be an orthopedic surgeon, a noble right. career, um, a little violent, but a noble career. True, very true. What happens? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in order to get into medical school, I had to take the MCAT, another standardized exam. Mm. And uh, so I was a little fearful, you know, going into it because of my past with that. But I had done well yeah. in undergrad. So mm-hmm. I felt like, okay, maybe I do got this, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, why not? So you graduated I, summa cum laude. Why not? Yeah. yeah, why not? You know, I turned myself around. My score should turn around. So I took my uh, the, the MCAT um, and I scored a 17 the first time, which is, is really awful. That's, mm. you know. It's, it's not competitive that exam at the time was out of 45 mm-hmm. and in order for you to really be competitive at the time you needed like a high 20 low 30s at mm. the very least at the very least Jeez. at the very least okay all right i was scoring 17 all right um so again i was falling into that bottom like 10 percent of all the people mm. despite the fact that i had done well in, in in undergrad yeah all right um and so i took that puppy again mm. Uh, for a second time, and I took it again for a third. Got an 18, then I got a 17 again. Took it again for a fourth time. Took it again on a fifth time, and my score wasn't changing. The highest score I really believe I got on that, if I'm not mistaken, was about a 20. Okay. 21. That was it. Not competitive. Not competitive, man. I didn't not have competitive. It. Didn't have it. So, you know, you really want to be an ortho surgeon but but it ain't working you know you're not making the cut right you know knowing you from my conversations and everything you 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 really go after it so you're not making the cut but you really want to i mean you killed it in undergrad um no excuse why you shouldn't but it's not working out for you 
so then what do you decide to do? Because obviously, it's senior year, you're not getting into med school. What are you going to do? Yeah, so, you know, I got to that point where it's like I couldn't just sit around not doing anything any longer. Mm-hmm. So I decided, well, my undergraduate degree was actually in pre-physical therapy. I'd done all the prereqs for that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what, let me apply to PT school. And I'll go to PT school, but... After PT school, I'm still going to become an orthopedic surgeon. I'll, I'll try this thing again. I'll hey, do it again. Okay. Uh, and and so I was, my thought process literally was that I was going to use PT as kind of like a stepping stone mm-hmm. to improve it because people were going to see like, oh my God, you graduated from a, a doctoral program. Of course you'd be great. Right. You're already a doctor. Now, Why not be a doctor yeah, square? Of course. And now I change all my usernames to Doctor Square. Exactly. There I was you go. so I, I was so bought into this idea that that's exactly the process I was going to go down, mm-hmm. and I got into PT school Boom. with not much of a problem. Easy. Yeah. You're in PT school, and you go through that first year, and uh, you know things are going relatively well, and then. You know, you've mentioned it before when we spoke, but, you know, they don't know, obviously. So what happens at the end of that first year? Yeah, so at the end of the, at the, end of the first year, I get a call. Um, and, and, I, and I get this weird phone call. You know, it's, it's in the summer. We're about to finish up our first year of PT school. And I get this call, and they tell me that, listen, you were on the wait list. And I had no. Because I, I had literally went for an interview mm-hmm. during PT school. I went for an interview. And uh, the interview went kind of okay, not that good. Um, and then what happened was over the summer, I was called and they were like, okay, listen, you were on the wait list. You've been accepted. You can come right now and get into this program. Med right, school. But we're, but, but we're starting. Mm-hmm. So you know, yeah, you can, this is your decision. Mm-hmm. Here's the deal. I had already gone through my full year of PT school. Full year of PT school, I was already thousands and thousands of dollars in debt at the time, but that wasn't the important part. The important mm-hmm. part was the fact that I had now fallen in love with PT. Yeah. Okay. That, that was the thing. Now I had fallen in love with the school, my classmates. I was like, oh, I actually really like PT. I think I'll like this way more than I'll like being an orthopedic surgeon because we get to spend more time with our patients. And so that was the that was a big deal there. And so on the phone with the lady, I, I, I remember this like it was yesterday. You know, I told her, listen, um, I actually like where I'm at right now. Hmm. And then she was like, excuse me? Like, you know, what are you currently doing? Because this is medical school, right? right? Everybody this wants is, to do this. Yeah. Who are you to, to, to decline this offer? Right. And um, I was like, I'm in physical therapy school. And I, and I heard some, you know, awkward silence. And she's like, okay, well, this is your opportunity. And I was like, listen, I appreciate it. But if you can give that to the next person, I appreciate it. Thank you. Mm. I hung up the phone. Oh, man. Boom. What a change in just like perspective that was. Because now I had just turned down the biggest dream. The biggest dream. That I literally, had for so long. Literally the biggest dream. You just turned it down. 
So let, let's let's look at the situation. Let's look at the situation. Mm-hmm. Here you are. You just turned down what many people beg to have. Um, in order to get that thing you just got, got that call, you took a test that you did not do well on. Right. Um, you did that same sort of test, you know, in high school, you didn't do well on. Uh, now, we've talked about it, and uh, most grad programs, there's a thing at the end that most people have to do. What was yours? So, at that, at that moment... Because I, w- I was actually studying, and uh-huh. she interrupted my study session in PT school. I, but at, as I was walking back, though, to, to the study group at the time, yeah. something, something dawned on me that, oh, man, you know what? At the end of this whole thing, there's another standardized exam. God damn. So I'm going to go through three years of education, three more years. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only that. I'm probably at the end of this going to be, I'm probably at the end of this going to be a hundred plus thousand dollars in debt. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have that in undergrad. That's a lot of money. I was good. I was like maybe 20 grand, maybe, I don't know, something like that. Yeah. Now, now I'm going to be over a hundred and I'm going to have the same problem again. Cause I'm going right. to do well at PT school. You're I was already doing great. It. Yeah. Yeah. I would get a 4.0, but the deal is I was still going to be in the bottom 10%. Uh-huh. How do you fix this? Yeah, and so, you know, at that point was where I decided that this time I was going to do something, you know, uh, different than what I had done previously. Okay. You know, I wasn't going to let it control me, you know, coming back to that same idea that I told you in the beginning. Mm-hmm. That, and, and so it, it, this is the reason why it's so amazing that you ask the questions that you asked, Paul, because to be honest with you, it all stems back to what I was taught when I was younger, like not to let failure define you, right? right. You define the failure. Right. And so now I was like, you know what? If, if I fail this time, I'm going to be one to define what that means. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to study this thing differently than anyone has ever done, ever. And so I started studying. I really started studying from that point on, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. I don't tell, I don't tell a lot of people that uh, because it's kind of hard to measure, like, mm-hmm. what do you really mean by that? Yeah. But I had always had the end game in sight is what I mean. Right. Right? Most people ain't thinking about this end exam until it comes. But every single day that I was studying something, I was thinking about the end game. You had that, that goal in your mind 24-7. That's it. You know where you're headed. That's it. So. And so, um, you know, that, that was already the different type of mindset that mm-hmm. I had, you know, coming up to it. How important was it to have that mindset? I mean, honestly, oh. even in that, and let me even ask, in anything, how important is it to have a mindset where you know that you have a goal you want to reach and you got to almost speak it into existence and then and then do the work. So, you know, one and two, you speak it into existence and then do the work. How important is it to you that you do that? Just, you know, in that process, even today. And I think that it's, it's, it's really everything. I mean, can you, can you accomplish something without doing that? Yes, you can. Um, but hindsight's 2020, you know, mm-hmm. and looking back at that, 
you know, I'm like, man, you know, that decision to do that, to get that mindset right that day was mm-hmm. the best decision I think I've ever made in regards to a goal mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. in life. All right. Um, and so nowadays, you know, now that I'm thinking about even my future at this point, mm-hmm. I'm like, listen, all I got to do is know exactly what I want to do, what the goal is, and get started today. Start planning that end game, what I need to do to get there mm-hmm. and make sure, just like you said, man, you're putting in the work to get to that goal. It's be a lot easier doing it that way than suffering the last three months trying to force that goal to happen. Yeah. So let's chat about that. So, um, you know, you were, you were almost studying on two fronts through PT school. You're, you're studying on the, I have these classes. And obviously that's, I, I dare say that's the easier part. Um, where you're just sitting in class and you're like, all right, you know, I've got this. You've got the information. You're doing this, you're doing that. But then the other front is um, you're studying for that end goal. It's coming right. up. And that's the one that determines whether the last four years were worth it when you get to that last semester what is your mindset at this point um you know i'm talking like a month two months three months out from the exam what are you thinking about so that you know that's a great question because really at that point where most people are starting the race I had finished the race Mm. from the standpoint of, you know, really learning the content and all that stuff. I had felt like I had already crossed the finish line and I don't mean that in a bragging way. I Mm -hmm. literally felt that way that, listen, I could take the test today and I feel like I'd be good. All right. But here's the deal. I couldn't take the test that day anyway, if I wanted to, because Mm -hmm. it's offered during a certain time. Um, And so I had three months to work with. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I decided, do I sit here and just go over the same stuff? Or do I learn everything you can possibly learn about a standardized exam? That's exactly what I did for three months straight. That is genius. That is the most genius thing I've ever heard. Best decision. Best decision. I could have. I could have sat there. I was in Miami. Mm-hmm. I could have went to the club. I went to, you know, Florida International University for my doctorate in mm-hmm. physical therapy. You, I was in Miami. You baby. were I deep in Miami. Clubs, yeah. South Beach. But I sat there literally for three months learning the process. How big? Now, I, I know. I know how big of a difference it is. But, you know, just for the shock factor for everybody to hear this, um, I'm just going to say this. What he's about to say next is the most impossible thing I've ever heard. Cause I don't even I don't even know what the numbers would be, but I don't think one in a hundred people can accomplish what you did next, just from spending those three months doing what you did. So tell the people. You do those three months. You step into that exam room. Now before that, what's 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 it scored out of? What's the highest score one can get on that exam at the time? I don't know if it's changed. So, so there's so scale score. So it's out of 800. Mm-hmm. That's the top number you can get. Okay. Uh, you walk into it. What do you think you're going to get? Oh, I'm walking into it at 800 for sure. No doubt. Tell the people. What would you walk out with? 800, baby. 
That's what we, that's what we, that's what we went in there to do. That's what we went. Thank you. You went in there to get that 800 perfect score. Like that, I mean, to this day, I'm still blown away. You scored a perfect score on your board exam. I mean, that's like somebody walking in and just deciding, you know what? I'm just going to do like, every time I think about it, my mind just explodes. <laughs> you literally, it's almost as if, yeah, you just, basically you wrote the test and you that's did the it. test. I, I, I might as well stop it right there, but we won't. Um, <laughs> might as well, but we won't. So, so you walk, because I think the next part, you know, we talked about, and it's so important, right? So uh, let the people know right after, right? Because we talked about it. Right after you walked out of the exam, what happened to you mindset-wise? Oh, man. So you, you walked in, you're like, I'm going to get this perfect score. It's over. It's, I walked in saying I was the answer key. You were the answer key. That's it. Right? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Superhuman. What happened right after you walked out of that room? So so I left. You know, I, I used all my power, like mm. literally. Superhuman power, whatever I was using during that exam, I had used it all. And so I was at my weakest point when I walked out. I had left every single thing on the table every single thing and as soon as i walked out that is when i was at my weakest and that that negativity that everybody has that voice that sits with you every single day of every single minute it was yelling in my ear it had a boom box loudspeaker everything you failed that hard you and you already so hard. Ooh, mm, you worked so hard you walked in because, like, I think it's so important to emphasize on your mindset before, right? Because when you had all that energy, you were like, yeah, I got this. And, and you did. You did have it. Right. You got right, it. Right, you right. had it in the bag. And now, you know, you've used it all, and your body is just like, Kyle, let me rest. Right. Right. And your mind is, you know, just yelling at you. Sure is. Nah, dude, you did not have it. <laughs> There's no way you passed. Remember what happened with the SAT? Remember what happened on the MCAT? Uh, same story, different day. Yeah, you know? What, what should be different? But, but what kind of support system did you make sure to have? Because, you know, you made sure to have, because you knew you were coming to that weak spot, right? So right. that's the other part. You knew that weakness. And I think it's definitely important for, especially the kids that, you know, are taking their SATs, ACTs, right? It's definitely important to understand that after you do the exam, you're, you're going to get to that place where you're just like, did I study enough? Did I, did I do all the right things? Did I go over right, the right questions, right? Right. So you knew coming into it that after you spent, how long was the exam? How long was the exam? Yeah. Uh, about five and a half hours. Five and a half hours of 100% mental capacity. Yeah. Uh, you knew you were going to be tired when you walked out. What did you set in place to make sure that all those thoughts wouldn't take over your, ooh, you? Ooh. Yeah, so, you know, obviously I had my, my family mm. ready to go, right? They, were already, they already knew what was up, when I was going to finish, what I was going to do after. But I will say this, that at the time, she was my, my girlfriend. She's mm. my wife today. Mm. And I made sure that my rock was right there with me. Hey, man. Hey, man. There with 
Hey. She sure was. And she she knows. And she knows, you know, there's times when, you know, I'm I'm weak or if I tell her that, you know, this is going to happen or this is going to happen, you know, she's always there to lift me up and be ready mm. for that time, right? And be- better believe it, she was out there. I had drove myself to the test now, mm-hmm. but she had drove to the test yeah, and yeah. was sitting outside her car waiting, waiting for, waiting for me to get out. So, cool. um, you know, I made sure those, those outlets were already there because they... They already were waiting for me to come in hot, crashing and burning right after I was done with the test like that. Amazing. So what is it that you're doing today? Because you you achieved the impossible. (laughs) So what is it that you are doing today? So today I help physical therapists who are struggling to pass their board exam um, to pass it. Mm. The ones that are really struggling um, to, to get their scores and have failed it multiple times, you know, I've dedicated my life and it's my passion mm. helping those people pass the board exam and then continue on with their career. So, yeah. If you were to create your own school, society, uh, mm. following, right, the, the Kyle Rice School of Scholarly Things, <laughs> what would the culture be like at the school and what not even like what did it take for somebody to make in but what did it take for a student to succeed there you know the, the school would be based upon um, you know more uprooting this this negative perspective on you know asking why mm. right everything would be you know not only like how is this going to work for me in the future how is this going to benefit myself my family my mm-hmm. community my society yeah but at the same time always being open to challenge questions yeah right right now if i asked you know anybody like all right do you have any questions for me everybody gets shut down reason being is that you know we've been in this in this society in this mm-hmm. educational system where it's like when we ask that question it's like automatically like no we are not challenging what has already been said Mm -hmm. this is it right Uh, and there's very few out there that will actually say well why is this why is that i want to know it beyond just face value of what you're saying to me what if you're wrong i want to be able to challenge that Mm. and so what we do is we continue to perpetuate uh wrong knowledge or incorrect knowledge Mm -hmm. And we don't, don't truly understand the, the actions that we're doing on a day-to-day basis. And to run is one that, you know, really gives a lot of value to asking those why questions, being mm-hmm. innovative, and really thinking of, you know, how can I learn more about this topic beyond mm-hmm. what has already been just given to me, right? Um, and, and really mm-hmm. encouraging, encouraging that perspective. That is amazing. Do you have any questions? Yeah, um, how long ago, actually, were you in PT school? Uh, four and a, it's about getting close to five years now since I've been wow. out. Wow, that's like that that's turnaround less is time crazy. than I thought. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's, so that's the point. I'm glad you asked that question. So that's the point that I want to hit. So, you know, looking at you now, now there's no video, so people can't see your face. Um, right. We'll plug it, you know, in the links below just in case they want to become pts they can hit you up but you are young so it's not like you're 50 40 30 20 years into your profession 
you're in right. the thick of things, man. You're in that first, you know, you're, you're almost like, and you know what's crazy? It's just the fact that even what you're doing today, when you started it, right? So just, just without telling us every, all the details, when did you start doing your current passion? Well, really, I started it, you know, as soon as I graduated and I found out the score that I got, I started doing it a little bit on the side, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, I can help people. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, I I retired uh, October 26th of 2017, which is about seven, eight months ago. Not even a whole year. Not even a whole year. Yeah. Not even a whole year. You boys retired. That's it. That's it. I'm retired. I don't have any more questions. You have given us so much fire. Appreciate it, bro. It is amazing. Thank you are you. inspirational, game changer. The people deserve to know your story. So thank you so very much for sharing, awesome. taking time to let us know you know, are inspiring. For anybody that's listening and wants to hit you up, where can they contact you? Yeah, if you want to contact me, I'm always available. Kyle.rice, my my first and last name at the PT Hustle if you want to send me an email. Uh, but if you really want to check me out and everything that I do for the physical therapy profession, you can check that out at thepthustle.com. Thepthustle.com. 